terrific. Okay, so what were we talking about? Baritones? I don't know. You said dulcitones. What are dulcitones? Dulci- what? The, I I don't know why that came out of my mouth, and I honestly don't remember what I was trying to say, but it wasn't dulcitones. Dulcitones? I'm maybe? like, what are dulcitones? And you start saying other things, and I'm like, and you say gallstones, and I say Balsettones. The, the gall tones sounds like a bad ska band. Yes. The, the, I don't know what the heck I was trying to say. I don't know what you're trying to say either. Dulcitones. What does that even mean? I don't know. I don't think that's a real thing. It came out of my mouth though. I don't, and I'm just thinking, I don't know, I don't what, know it what, it what that is. Maybe and it's a different language that I don't I know. Maybe it, it probably out. is. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's another know. memory coming back with a language you are never aware of consciously in this life. It must be. It's gotta be. I'm going to hit the music now. This is where we come in and talk now. Yes, it is. Yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Homewrecker Podcast, where we are going to wreck your home and your... micro And our microphones. And our microphones and everything else. Yes. Uh, where we uh, talk about things. Where we wreck and shatter. Wreck the- and shatter conventional wisdom by uh, talking about things from a different viewpoint wow it's been a while it's been a while i forgot my own intro you forgot your intro damn well anyway this is the home market podcast i am alex this is my lovely beautiful gorgeous wife monique hello joining me as always and uh what's new with you my lady i don't know why but i feel like i wasn't ready for this question i'm just ready to get into the topic um (laughs) Okay. Wow. Okay. We, we can. I'm sorry, people. I am sorry. We totally this is Bush can. League. This is definitely Bush League. No. Um, I've just. It's been raining. It. It, it was yeah. like we had a frost, and then it was like it was raining, and then it was warm for like a week, and then we had a frost overnight, and then it was really hot for a couple of weeks, and now it's been raining for like a week and a half. Yeah. Pretty crazy. The weather is crazy insane. weather. It really is. Which it's brings us to what we're going to be talking about this week. <gasps> yes. It's kind of a tie-in. Yes. Sort of, kind of. Strange weather phenomena that happen mm. and occur when we talk about the missing four one one phenomena. Yes. Before, so before we get into that, yes. Let me get my shit in. <laughs> wow. Okay, way, way to blue ball the audience. <laughs> no, I just want to say uh, 
throw it out there. If you're interested in any organite or tarot readings, go to my website, tarotbymonique.com. If you're interested in hypnotherapy, go to innerstandingshypnosis.com. And I just want to throw out there, my next group hypnotherapy will be July 23rd. That is a Sunday at noon uh, Eastern time. Uh, you can go to my website, innerstandingshypnosis.com for more information and to sign up for that. I also have a dragon connection coming up in August and some inner child, I'm sorry, yeah, some inner child um, coming up as well in September, I believe. So just go to my website, innerstandingshypnosis.com to find out more information, please. And thank you. That's Bush. I know. So, so Bush. Bush. So Amateur Bush. hour over here. Okay, then. So, as uh, I was saying, we're going to be talking about the missing 411. Again, we've mm-hmm. we've spoken several times. And what we've done in the past is we've talked about either the, um, the books and taken a book from the many volumes that are now out by uh, researcher David Politis. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about cases from the books and also the... Uh, the two films, the the first two films that uh, were released about the books uh, and cases from the books. And this week, we're going to talk about the latest of the Missing 411 films, The UFO Connection. Yeah. Okay, so just based <laughs> off of that right there, uh, maybe I have we should some just thoughts. maybe we well, we both have some thoughts. <laughs> I have notes. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I'm going to apologize. No, I'm not going to apologize, but I'm going to just give a little bit of a warning to uh, everybody. As okay, thank you so much for. Uh, anyway, sorry, being my knee, I was trying to move something. Jeez. <sighs> We're going to upset some people with this one, I think. Yeah, I think we're going to get some hate for this. Uh, yes. But I don't and care because I, yes. we're just sharing our perspective and point of view. Um, there are a lot of things that I think were very misleading. We'll get, we'll, we'll we'll get, get into, into, all into all it. Yeah, because we'll get into like, all that. I did my own. Oh, are you shocked? I did my own research. Yeah, you're, you're not the type of people that uh, films like this are geared towards. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> Well, okay, our listeners know I like to do my own research. I don't just take one side and take that word and run with it. I like to do my own research, find out, get different bits of information. So we actually watched this film a couple times because, and we were like rewinding and watching because we really wanted to pay attention because there were parts we felt like we were confused on. Like, did they not include this bit of information or what exactly did they say? Right. So we, we did go over it a couple of times just to make sure we were getting everything right. Because the first time we watched it, I was kind of confused. I felt like there were parts of information that were missing or very unclear. Right. Yeah. I felt, I felt the same thing the first, uh, upon the first viewing of the movie. Uh, and you know, again, we'll get into the yeah. whole entire thing, but yeah, just to, if this upsets you that we're, questioning anything or, or or calling out potential motives hey it's, again like many said it's our opinion and you know too bad if you don't like the truth i mean that's what we always say on the show yeah we're, we're sharing. always going to share the truth as we see it and that's what we expect from people and that's what we will 
in turn provide. And you don't have to agree with us, and that's yeah. totally okay. Yeah, absolutely. And with that said, if there is something that we misunderstood, misconstrued that was in this documentary and is incorrect with what we say, please tell us because, you know, this is how we have conversations and how we learn from each other, Yeah, you know, and, and let us know because I think it's important because, I mean, th- there were times where I'm like, let's rewind this and we listen to it like five times over just to make sure we got what was being said. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was getting a little annoying after a while. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's fine. I'm just, but that's how we, we went back. We, we were not just, you know, uh, watching something once and getting bits and pieces and not, you know, we went back, we watched several times. There's detailed note taking that was done. Like we, we, we tried to make sure before we said anything, mm-hmm. but anyway, we'll, we'll just get right into it. And again, I have nothing but, but respect for the work that Politis has done and all the research that he's collected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get into this now and uh, we'll give our thoughts along the way. So this is David Politis's third documentary film that he's put out. And I just want to say spoiler alert. If you haven't watched this, we're going through it like soup to nuts. So be aware, like if you haven't seen it and you don't want us like spoiling anything for you, watch it and then come back to listen, please. Yeah, that's a good call. And and that's, we only say that because I, I think this this came out last year, yeah, but it might have been towards the end of the year. So it's only been out I for about six months. October, yeah. And I know a lot of people uh, come across the Mystic 411s on like Amazon Prime or whatever, you know, like a free or streaming service. This one isn't free yet. So it's still new. So if you haven't seen it and you're worried about us giving anything away, I mean, you know, people went missing and they talk about it. <laughs> but if you're worried about any of that kind of stuff, yeah, please just stop. Yeah. Watch the film and come back and then you know see if you agree with us and we have an update about one of the people who went missing as well so that's coming up oh the yeah end. that's right yeah. yep mm-hmm. so in this film he explores the possible ufo alien extraterrestrial however you want to word it connection to uh the disappearances that he goes over throughout the film he finds a connection between a group of men who went missing and many of them were in the same type of area um, their lineage, their sex, and what they were doing at the time that they went missing. And he brings up the profile points. We always go over these when we talk about missing 411, so does Politis. Profile points that were brought up in this film were lack of a centrail with canines, weather-related issues around the time of the victims going missing, the victims were found in an area previously searched. Victim goes missing in an area near water and or boulders. And I just want to note, in regards to the canine searches, canines will lose a scent after heavy rains or if it's rains followed by snow. However, if a person goes missing and travels through the snow, the scent will hold well for the dogs until it begins to melt. And I got that my infor- I got that information from my dad, who's a retired canine officer, and he used his dogs for tracking, uh, one of his dogs for tracking. And so um, he knows a lot about that. And I just wanted to check because I was curious. I was getting some theories rolling in my brain, and I wanted to throw it out at him. Like, hey, could this be, could this happen if somebody wanted to do this? And I was able to kind of kibosh a few theories that I had with his information. So thanks, Dad. Yeah. And, and- but the thing is, with the missing 411 where they talk about how the dogs don't have a scent trail, mm-hmm. 
they do. They always note the weather issues. They'll always note that. Yeah. So it's not like that's misleading or anything. No, no, no. I was just saying, like, in case people are curious, like. Yeah, you're just dropping FYIs. No, yeah, that's, because that's great. Yeah. it makes sense because if somebody's going missing and there's weather phenomenon and often heavy rains occur, that's that could be why the dogs can't get a scent trail as well. So it might. It, it's hard to say what the phenomenon has to do whether it's because of oh was it rain that could have done that but sometimes there's no rain so i'm not trying to say it's one specific thing i just want to put that information out yeah that's good makes sense so the first case that was brought forward in this film was the disappearance of ray salmon who was 66 from vancouver british columbia canada he went missing on june 9th of 2013 ray went camping alone with his dogs he had his truck with a camper and a Zodiac boat. He disappeared at the shores of Harrison Lake, and he was an avid hunter, camper, fisher. And he was planning on picking up his friend the following Monday morning to go check out some old gold mines. And his friend, when they were talking about this, mentioned that, was it the Sunday before? He heard three, yes, the Sunday yeah, he th- before he was supposed to get picked up. On the Sunday. He heard three gunshots. Now, it's brought up during, while they're talking to them, that, If you're missing, if you're injured, you're lost, you shoot your gun three times up in the air as an SOS for help. Right. When they were going over Ray's story, I felt like there were parts of information regarding his disappearance. Well, okay, why don't we go over like what the story is and then we can talk about that. Okay. Well, I'm just saying because like we had to go over a few times to try to make sense of it. So basically... On that Sunday, his friend hears three gunshots. His wife says, was it that day or the following Monday that somebody shows up? And this is the order of the film. Yeah, the order of the film. The following day, uh, police showed up mm-hmm. um, at, the, at, her, at their, for her home looking for him. Right. Which I thought was kind of weird. And I, that's where I started getting confused. Yeah. I know I'm confused already this early and not a good sign. Um, but she said that somebody came looking for him. And then it just goes to a uh, search and rescue person, Adam Palmer, who said a call came in to look for a possible missing person at like at the spot at the lake where they were at. So my question was, who called in the missing person? Was it Ray's friend who heard the three gunshots? Because it's the wife made it sound like she had no idea her husband was missing right. until somebody knocked on her door to ask like, hey, have you heard from him? Where is he? I felt like that was never really well clarified, I guess. Yeah, that part was very unclear. And, and that's again, after multiple viewings, still having the same questions. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, yeah, just it, it I feel like, I don't know if that was like an editing choice or something, or I have no idea, but it just, it felt like the flow was like dead. Like I couldn't follow what was happening, Mm -hmm. just the way that it was pieced together. And if that's the way things happened and that's all the information that's there, then that makes this even more bizarre. I mean, the wife even said like she she didn't didn't get information yeah um so the truck and camper were parked at the at the lake spot the camping spot that ray was at the truck was locked with the two dogs inside and his wife said ray would never leave the dogs unless there was a danger to the dogs 
the emergency response team, which is like the Royal Mounted, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police SWAT team, showed up to do a search. And Adam Palmer, the search and rescue guy, said that's uncommon for them to show up. Politis then spoke with Gail Starr, a former Royal Mounted Canadian police officer, and she said that the emergency response team may have shown up for the unanswered questions or if they had a tip that the police didn't know about. And Adam Palmer from Search and Rescue did say that there were kids who showed up at the police department. And he calls it a detachment because that took us a few times, like a detachment. Yeah, a detachment. What's detachment. that? I had to look it up. Yeah. yeah. It's basically uh, a what they call department. a police department yeah. in Canada. They stated their vehicle was shot at and their headlights were shot out. So Politis speculates perhaps Ray shot out the headlights to get attention. But it's strange for an experienced hunter to shoot at somebody instead of three times up in the air because you run the risk of hurting somebody if you're shooting at them to get attention. So there was that thought of, what if he needed help and that he thought, oh, I'll shoot at them to get help, but it still wouldn't make sense. Why wouldn't you just shoot in the air to get somebody's attention? Exactly. And the reason why those kids were, I guess, there there were approximately 50 people at a grad party near at the lake near the campsite. And search and rescue Adam Palmer said that Search and rescue was told to get the remains of what the grad people, grad party people left behind at the scene, which seemed odd to him and Politis, especially since the special weapons team, the emergency response team was called in. Yeah. And by remains, let's clarify it, meaning like what remained of the party, like trash, trash, things like that. Yeah. Yes. When you say remains, it makes it sound like a dead body remains. I, I apologize. That's not for... what I was trying to get to. Anyway. Now, this is what I'm thinking. One could argue that this emergency response for te- emergency response team showed up because the kids who arrived at the station said they were shot at and they felt there was a larger threat in the area. But then how did they know Ray was out there? And why would somebody from the police go to his home looking for him? And uh, yeah. I, I guess I question... Did they get to the scene, find his truck and camper, and then visit the wife looking for him? That timeline's not very clear. Okay. If they, if they went to the wife's house the following morning, the timeline's totally clear. They went there that they got there that night responding to the gunshots. So they saw his camper and his truck there. So that's how they knew. That. But, so they're looking for him because... His camper and truck are there. There's gunshots fired at a car that but reports it. I'm just saying, it. it wasn't very clear the way it was put out there. Okay, I don't know. I don't know how much more. I mean, that's obviously what happened. Maybe, maybe it was the editing. But uh, search and search and rescue. Adam Palmer said they found Ray's clothes, um, and they recovered. Yeah, they recovered his folding folded clothes under a log and his rifle 400 yards from the campsite on the shore. And they, and they did this, they spotted it from the air. They did like aerial searches. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I thought was weird. How'd they find folded clothes under a log from the air? How'd they see that? I don't know. From up above. And they also, and they say on a small hill, quite a distance away, and they don't give a specific distance. Yeah, there's no distance given. But later say it's on top of a mountain. They found Ray's pistol laying in a meadow. Yeah. So basically what the police or the emergency response team, they, uh, they just allege he got injured. He went into the water to get back to the camp and drowned. And that makes no sense. His wife never got Ray's backpack that they recovered. And I guess 
was told nothing. Nothing was ever explained to her. And I will point out that the search, uh, no, sorry, not search. And did rescue. she get the firearms back? Was that ever? I mentioned? don't know. I don't remember her saying she did. Okay. I, I don't recall that either. It was also brought up that the emergency response team called an area unsearchable. And Adam Palmer from Search and Rescue was like, no area is unsearchable. And then in the documentary, he's like, yeah, there's even a tag here, like where they were saying like, oh, this was the unsearchable area. And, and I thought this was weird um, before we get into the next part of the story. So we're watching. No, I'm so, uh, I have to correct you, though, yeah. uh, for anybody that watches the film, the where he saw the tag that was from that area or whatever. Yeah. That was not the unsearchable area. That was the area where he thought that his, that the body was found. Oh, okay. Or, or the clothing was found. Okay, he was saying that that might have, may have been the area right here. Okay. But he but he did say this may have been the area. Oh, okay. Cause but it, that, yeah. that wasn't the unsearchable mm-hmm. area. Just and I just, clarify. I want to share, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, could his friend have killed him? Yeah, and, and the yeah. reason why is because his friend, the way his eye movement was when he said a certain thing, it was just weird. It just seemed off. And so, I, of course, my mind, I'm thinking of all these different possibilities. The most logical and reasonable to, you know, of course, the most sensational. And I, and this was my theory. I thought, what if his friend decided to meet him earlier, went up there, and decided to, you know, like, for whatever reason, maybe he had an issue with him. I don't know. But killed him moved different like the clothes the rifle the pistol put it in the areas but I was like how could he lose the scent like how could they get rid of that scent and I thought okay I know sometimes hunters will use animal urine to either scare off certain animals or attract certain animals and what if he used kind of like bear urine or something along his tracks but I checked with my dad and he said well no the only way you can really cover up tracks like that with a spray or something as if you use pepper spray because it'll irritate the dogs but then the handlers are going to know something's wrong because the dogs are getting irritated with their noses and their eyes and they're going to check it and say hey this is pepper spray so he said the only thing to really get rid of that scent is heavy rains yeah i can't imagine a person has gallons of water to flush the track behind him as he walks yeah. So my other thought going to most sensational was <laughs> what if there was some kind of experimental creature that got out and that's why the emergency response team was called out to it. And maybe Ray wasn't shooting at the headlights. He was shooting at this thing that was going after him. Maybe, but why would Ray lock the dogs in the car and not get in his truck and leave? That's what didn't make sense. Like right. you locked your dogs to keep them safe in the truck, but why wouldn't you just leave? Why wouldn't you go get help or do something? So again, that's not very logical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Politis um, brings up with Gail Starr that the Royal Mountain Canadian Police have a- Gail Starr is the retired- Retired police, police officer. officer. Okay. They have a policy that if-, if it's a UFO investigation. It's handed over to someone else, and it's unknown where or who investigates it. It's also implied that the area Ray went missing has a history of UFO sightings. And what I thought was interesting about that comment by the former police officers, 
okay, how do you know anyone does anything? You're like, oh, it gets investigated. How do you know if you don't know who it's going to or where it's going? And I, I, even the way that that was stated was so just vague. Yeah. Yeah, forget it. If anything having to do with the UFO, you just hand it over. Okay, police, let me take your word for it. Wait, what? <laughs> hand it over to who? You know, like, that's just, that's how it was worded. And it's like, oh, okay. It's the most generic description of something I've ever heard. No like it's no detail Who, when, at all. Why? Like where are the yeah, details? Yeah, exactly. You just hand it over. How do you know it's okay. investigated? And then she said, "Yeah," and then and that gets investigated. So how do you know that? And but how? Like and, and how can who? we take your word for yeah. it? <laughs> right. And by who? And yeah. she doesn't know who does anything. She does. It's like. But hey, okay. It get, it gets investigated. Okay. And, and and again, because she's former law enforcement, Politis uses the adjective to describe her as credible. That word is used a lot in it this is. movie. Credible. And credible, I question that. Everything. Credible. Credible. And it's like, okay, yeah, there's people that have a reputation for being honest, but I think when you throw that word credible around- I feel just like because, nowadays. Yeah, especially nowadays because the only thing that's credible anymore is like the federal government or a state official or so, like that's all that's credible. And it's like, but are they these really? are the biggest liars, but that's who we p- throw the term credible exactly. behind. So anyhow, I digress. So Ray's wife goes into a story about how they saw a UFO at fire Lake. And, um, they, they just shared that story. How again, making it seem like there's UFO phenomena in that area. But I don't know where Fire Lake is, and I did not research. I didn't think to look on a map of British Columbia. I presume it's got to be uh, close, you know, yeah. or you know, around where they live up in in British Columbia is big, so yeah, I'm sure. I, but again, we didn't look on the map, so I'm I'm just full disclosure. Full dis- yeah, <laughs> we're, we're trying to be honest here, being transparent here. <laughs> yes, Politis then goes into the elk connection. He's this is the first time, by the way. Yeah. That I, in all my years, like following UFOs, conspiracy theories, all this kind of stuff, that I've ever heard of an elk connection to yeah. anything. I, and, and it's interesting. Uh, unless I'd forgotten about it, I, this was news to me. I'm like, what? The elk connection? Huh? But okay, continue. Yeah. So Politis interviews Peter Davenport, who's from the National UFO Reporting Center, and he is a group of one. He does everything himself, and which he admits. Davenport goes into the elk abduction, and he says that there were people planting trees that saw an object lift an elk off the ground and fly away with it. And I just want to note, like, he comments how, you know, it bumped into a tree, and I'm thinking... That's kind of a strange thing for a craft to do, to bump into a tree. Yeah. And the craft, as they're describing it, seems like on the really small side. And then Robert... Well, it's... You know what it is? Mm -hmm. It's not actually how they describe it. It's the fact that there's a... Like an animation on the screen as they're talking about everything, there's an animation. So you're seeing what the artist or whatever... Yeah, and they're saying it's based off the comparison of the size of the elk. Okay, but which is but, how they got it. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's kind of. Anyway, I, I, you're being influenced by what you're seeing as they're speaking. But I'm go- they, they're no, not I'm, saying I'm certain things that going off of the, what they said as well. Okay, about it. All right. 
Then Robert Fairfax comes in. He's the former director of Washington State MUFON, and he was interviewed along with Ruben Uriarte. Uriarte, I'm sorry if I'm butchering it, who is the director of San Jose MUFON. And Ruben was the one who translated for the workers who saw the elk abduction because they didn't speak English. So I guess... To me, it was a little unclear who contacted MUFON because Fairfax said Davenport was called. Yeah. So I don't know. It it, it wasn't like, oh, and then Davenport called us and we worked together. It was almost like, you know, what they're talking about. Yeah, it's almost like you're supposed to know. But I think it's kind of, if you put a little thought into it, it's kind of obvious that he called them. I get it, but it it could have been clearer, you know? So Politis asked Davenport during this interview the likelihood of this being a military test vehicle, which was my first thought when they're talking about this. Yeah, same and here. Davenport responds with, and I quote, about as close as zero as you can get, end quote. How the hell would he know this? How yes. would he know that this, there's no <laughs> way in hell this is a test military flying <laughs> object? Please, that, yeah, like help that's, me out. That's what I, that's when I was like, okay, what am I watching here? Because, and again, I mean, you can't really. It's not Politis's fault that the guy no. said this. I mean, if you if you believe that this isn't a scripted thing and it's a documentary, but it's like, why would you even include that in this? I, I wouldn't have included that line. It's very misleading. It's so, exactly. It's like, how would this guy know? He's he's the head of the UFO what whatever his thing is. Yeah, MUFON. No, he's not. Oh, he's not. No, he's no, his no, own no. member. Oh, his army of one. I'm or sorry. Whatever, I'm or, sorry. The National UFO Reporting Center. Thank you. Yeah, he's the 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 only guy that does it or whatever. He just came off to me as like arrogant, like when he was saying, "Ah, oh, it's me. I'm the only one. I do this. I do." This. He just seemed arrogant in his yeah. tone, and so that it's just that's an arrogant response. That's a response an arrogant person gives you because, oh, they know. It's like, Cause but that, you that don't. That was the first thing I thought. Like, to me, like, this what? seems like maybe a very large type of drone. And maybe they're looking to see how much weight that it can carry. Because the fact that it bumped into a tree. Have you ever, with all the UFO stories we've heard, heard about it bumping into trees? Because I haven't. I have not. Apparently, they, they, the uh, they, extraterrestrials sure there, are a little more skilled to not bump into trees, I think. But I just thought that that was strange. And then for him to say uh, that the chance, the likelihood of it being a military test vehicle is as about clo- as close to zero as you can get. And I, I felt that it was very off-putting because it did seem very arrogant yeah, and one-sided. Exactly. It's just an arrogant response. And then only coming from an arrogant person. I yeah, mean, that's... That's how it came off. Absolutely. And, you know, whatever. I'm sure maybe this, maybe he's a nice guy, but that's how he came across in those yes. few minutes that you get to see him on film. We're not judging. We're just sharing our that's point of view. Exactly. So Davenport then claims that they found an elk and they think it was the... It was a pregnant female elk who was in good health. They suspect but admit they have no evidence that the craft may have dropped or left the elk there dropped off or left the elk there and the so they say they found an elk but they found they found this elk that they think that was the elk that the craft took and they found it was it before seven days had transpired yeah but that's all they said before seven days had trans so it could have been so that could have been six, six days <laughs> 
What, but whatever. But it doesn't. They again. How do you know that that's the elk? What they never said why they they thought this was the elk. What led them to believe this? Yeah. It was never mentioned. There's Nothing. a lack of information. So it's it was. This is where I started thinking. Okay. Am I watching just like a, a disinfo piece here? Because yeah, th- that's, that's what that's what it felt like. Yeah. Because they're just leaving imp- like details that Politis was good about in all his other films and in his books. Mm-hmm. But now there's like all these details are missing. So, and I want to point out, because I question, how could they test that animal? Because there would be so much decomposition and maggots and possibly have been eaten by other animals that it would probably make it very hard to tell because, and I'm just going to share some information. I had come across a deer that was hit by a car and what had happened was it was a state road and the state didn't pick it up. And so I was helping my friend move it away because the smell was that of like farm and really low tide. And the animal was within a week, almost black parts of it missing, um, maggot covered in flies and just like buckets of maggots all around it and in it and on it. So even if it like maybe like a few days before, but once you're getting to about a week, six days and depending on the weather that has a lot to do with it, but that can affect what you can test for. And that's why I'm very curious, uh, what exactly like where, like, why aren't they putting this information in here? And I also want to mention, they leave out the details of when and where this happened. I looked online and I was able to find out the information that it happened in May of 1999 at Mount Saint, in the Mount St. Helens area of Washington State to a group of three workers. That's what the article said. And I believe that that was from ufoevidence.org. They made it sound like there was a lot of people who witnessed it. And the article here says it was only three people. So again, I feel like it's almost misleading the way they're wording things and the way that they were saying things. Yeah. The language used uh, was very, yeah, misleading. Very misleading. Mm -hmm. Group of people, group of men. And and, and just the way it's said and the inflection in the voice and everything. It's like, it leads you to believe that it's, a lot of people. And you know what? I, I'm looking back. In my notes, I put 14 to 15 people planting trees saw an object lift elk off the ground. Why would I put 14 to 15? I, I don't want to quote it because I could be wrong. Maybe I typoed it or something, but it did make it sound like there are a lot of people. When you did, were doing the research and mm-hmm. you looked up the uh, the article mm-hmm. and you you saw the actual number, you before you told me, you asked me, how many how many people were in that? How many men were there? And I said, I think it was four or five. Because I swear that I heard four or five. Okay. I could have sworn, but maybe I didn't. So we're not going to quote that, but that's what I, and there was, there was, and there was also uh, an animation on the screen as well. And for some reason, I'd have to go back and still frame and, and like on the, on the scene, but I couldn't tell. I'm thinking about it now. In my mind, I see like a lot of people, like you said, ten or fifteen people, like in the field and like screaming and running. But I, I could be misremembering that too. So that's why I don't want to quote it. But but I, from and in we my watched mind, this a couple of times. Yeah, so. but in my mind, I'm seeing a lot of people. So anyway, yeah. 
Robert Fairfax, after this interview, then calls Politis, wanting to bring up chronic wasting disease in elk. And he stated that they, and I presume he means the elk, had chronic wasting disease in the area. And I just want to say even that was a little misleading because he made it sound like the elk that they found had chronic wasting disease. So we listened to it like five times over. And I, I think it's more of just the elk in the area had chronic wasting disease. Politis goes on more to explain, to examine, um, uh, goes on to talk more about the chronic wasting disease and states that the majority of the population of elk, infected elk, are in the Wyoming and Colorado area. And it seems to be something that's out of control. Yeah, that's, yeah. So it it, it makes it sound like, oh, wow. But it's very uh, sensationalistic, I guess. Is probably the word to use. And, and I'm going to go through this. Yeah. I, I'm going to break this down for people because, again, I, I had to look look it up for myself. Yeah. So they're talking about the elk disappearances. And it's also mentioned that Wyoming and other surrounding states, many of the cervid species, elk, deer, caribou, and moose, have what's called zombie deer disease, a.k.a. chronic wasting disease, also CWD, which is thought to be caused by infectious, misfolded proteins called prions, which is similar to mad cow disease. And it causes these animals to develop lesions on their brain, have chronic weight loss, aggravation, and ultimately death because there's no known cure. And although an animal can be infected for up to 18 months, chronic wasting disease won't show any symptoms until the last four to eight weeks of their life. However, crazy. I know. However, an animal, while they have it, they shed these prions during the entire incubation period through feces, urine, and saliva. And this shedding places these prions into the environment where they can survive for as long as 16 years in the soil and and implants and infect other animals through grazing. And these factors are what make controlling chronic wasting disease extremely difficult. And it has spread across North America and beyond since its discovery in Colorado in 1967. And I want to note on this that while there are many of these clusters that were found in the Midwest with chronic wasting disease, there have also been cases of white-tailed deer in New Hampshire with chronic wasting disease. I've even seen notifications about it. Like be careful when you're hunting, you know, get it tested. If you see an animal that looks really off, you know, don't eat it. Don't shoot it. Don't eat it. It could have chronic wasting disease because even though they say there's no correlation between this and humans and humans can't get it, they said the same thing about mad cow disease and then hundreds of people died. So again, when I first saw that thing with the chronic wasting disease for the deer in New Hampshire, my first thought is, is the government trying to control us so we won't eat venison? Like, that's where my mind goes. I'm just being honest. And you know what? That's a good thing. (laughs) That is a good thing. Yep. And um, I also want to note when this documentary came out in 2022, because Politis said Wyoming and Colorado biggest issue and I wanted to know I wanted to look up chronic wasting disease like what's the biggest issue with elk in in Wyoming it's actually overpopulation as of now like 2023 and from what I read there are reports claiming that there are so many elk the state's 
looking at changing their tagging program. And farmers are complaining about losing hundreds of tons of hay to the elk because the elk population is so high and there's not enough food for them and they're starving. And, and so now granted this happened back in what, 1999. Correct. So before I found out that information, I'm thinking how is it that if chronic wasting disease is so rampant, then how is there such a strong overpopulation of elk? And what does chronic wasting disease have to do with the missing hunters? Other than the fact it affects the elk, which is what was being hunted at the time of the disappearance. Now, with that, one could argue, as it's kind of, to me, implied in this film, that extraterrestrials are kind of watching the elk, maybe trying to track and monitor what's going on with chronic wasting disease. And you could even go further and say, perhaps they've been helping try to cure these elk, which is why the, the population has increased so much. Um, because, you know, if they're using this for food, they want to preserve their food source, hence the overabundance of elk now. But mm. that was just kind of like where my mind was going with all of this. Mm -hmm. So that is the elk connection. Then and again, the first time I've ever heard mm -hmm. anything about elk and, and UFOs. Yeah. yeah. So. And from yeah. there, Politis goes into the Idaho Triangle and he brings up Chris Bales. Now, Chris Bales is a hunter who encountered a UFO. Chris was with his brother, Mark, his friend Rob, and Rob's dad. They all went out camping. And after getting back to the camp, and I wanted to put this in quotes because I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> Rob's coming back because he had to take a whiz. Yes. <laughs> I he, just, he, I don't know why I thought he, it was cute. Yeah, he says, you know, going out to take a whiz. Yeah. <laughs> just like, and it was funny because right. the way he said it almost seemed awkward. Like, how am I going to say that I'm taking a whiz? Like, good for you, man. Yeah. Like. And he goes, he's going back to the camp and he sees Chris on his knees. So Rob looks up and they, there's a UFO the size of a football field in a triangular shape. And they're saying it's about 80 feet plus or minus above them. It made no noise and looked seamless. So there's like no rivets or anything. Politis goes on after hearing their story to bring up the disappearance of Dior Kuntz, who he talked about in the first Missing 411 film. And just goes on to talk about that. And then he brings up that Ray, Chris's friend, Ray's dad, um, knew a guy, Ray Jones, who disappeared 53 years ago while hunt hunting on a trip with friends. And I guess when those guys who were friends with Ray, Ray, uh, the this Ray, not the first Ray we talked about, who went missing 53, 53 years ago, his friends would go out hunting and they would always say like, yeah, we're always kind of like looking out, hoping to find him. Those men eventually did find their friend. And he said, when you take the cases of Chris Bales, Dior Kuntz, and Ray, um, the one who went missing 53 years Ray ago. Jones. Thank you. When you take those cases of where they went missing, it makes a triangle like the shape yeah, of a UFO. You, of the yeah, UFO. when you put the, their, their uh, locations on a map, when he, he, he was using for illustrative purposes uh, bullets. Yep. So he was using bullets on the on the, those points on the and map. Can I just say that, like, I'm watching this, and they show it, and he has, like, the magazine with the bullets in it, like, like with a map, and it's on the table, and I'm thinking, 
why is he getting a magazine out, like, with the bullets in it? Like, I, I got it after, okay, I see what you did here. Yes. But at first, I'm just like, uh, is that supposed to be there? <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> interesting uh, set piece. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but no, yeah, he was using it just to yeah. kind of illustrate that. Hence the Idaho Triangle. Right. That, coming, that, after that, Politis calls in some help from FBI agent John D'Souza. And this freaking guy, uh, D'Souza calls the beings extra dimensional. And I thought that was really interesting. I do agree with that being extra dimensional because yeah, I, I could because, go on a whole tangent. Because yeah, that's well, a, that's a sound. Bite. Because yeah, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make a t-shirt now. Because yeah. Because yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, because Elaborate. they probably are extra dimensional possibly. Um, I feel like density can change with different beings like some can change dimensions and yeah of course like i'd agree with that coming from over the ice wall come on okay but uh, extraterrestrial and we're going to get into that later on because we watched uh the documentary Uh, level with uh, me so that'll be later but so politis brings up that he was told by an an agent before that and i'm going to quote here our government will never acknowledge what they can never control, end quote. And D'Souza agrees with him and says, they, meaning the government, won't acknowledge it if they can't control it or if they think they can't control it. Politis goes on to say how D'Souza is an ultra-credible uh, source, during, and during the time that he was sitting in the office, he was in stunned silence in how... He played out all the groundwork for so many issues related to their work. So he's putting over D'Souza huge. Oh, yeah. He's like... Ultra credible. He's blowing this guy. Jeez. Crow. And and that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. Same here. Like, okay. Why are you putting so much stock into what this guy says, Mr. Politis? One could argue... Why are you trying to steer the audience into, like, this guy's super credible. This guy's got a big dick this guy's it's like okay whoa whoa easy dude relax I, okay Calm now down. i would say maybe someone a little more naive might argue well hey he's an fbi agent he's almost like the real life x-files kind of person doing these that's well that's how he markets himself uh when he does like ufo and, yeah. and those kind of uh, conference appearances the guy like that's that's gimmick yeah like he's a gimmick. it's all a work he's a gimmick but it, it, to me, it just felt like you're not telling me other than the fact that he's gone to court to talk about things other than that. And again, people lie in court. They do it all the time. But that to me doesn't make someone ultra credible. Like what specifically has he done? And I get it. There's only so much time in a documentary, but I don't know. I, I he's, just, he's investigated things. Okay. So have we. So, so does anybody that types in a, you know, takes five minutes to look on do a google search on something that's but that's i mean that i guess is what the term credible gets the thrown at now is just anybody who has done some research they're super credible they're credible they're ultra what yeah ultra credible (sighs) anywho so yeah that kind of i i took a little i took some issue with and then politis goes on to talk about reinhardt 
Kitchener, Kitchener, I don't know if I'm saying it right, I'm sorry, who disappeared in April of 2007 from Little Colorado River Gorge in Arizona. Reinhardt didn't make his meeting with his girlfriend, so the girlfriend called search and rescue after his hike. So Reinhardt went hiking, didn't come back, girlfriend called search and rescue. His car was left parked on Navajo property. They know he took his camera, a small backpack, and wa- and as Polita says, and walked into oblivion. Yeah, I, I was like, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Some local ranchers said around the time Reinhardt went, was gone, they saw lights in the sky. And then there was like a news article saying like aliens abducted him. But it was weird because they showed the article, but what Politis was saying he didn't like come out and say exactly all that. So it was like you had to listen and read and I guess kind of take what you May, want Draw your it. own conclusion, yeah. I guess. But again, I feel like if you're a visual person, you're going to go to the, you're going to bypass what he's saying. Mm-hmm. So you can read it. So you can read it. And that's where your brain's going to go. You're being directed to think that. Mm-hmm. And if you're an auditory person and you're just listening more so, you're hearing what Politis is saying. You may be not thinking that as much. So it's very just like confusing yeah. and, and misleading on so many levels. Then Politis gets into Carl Higdon. Now, Carl was 40 years old at the time. He's from Rollins, Wyoming, and he went missing on October 25th, 1974 in Medicine Bow National Forest. Now, Carl went missing and he was found and Politis interviewed him. Yeah. This was kind of cool because he goes missing is found and like remembers. Everything. Yeah. He's able, cause that like never happens with yeah. missing 401. There have been cases where somebody's found, they don't remember what happened or they can't talk about it. it it's, it's always like, but what happened? You want to know, you yeah. want those answers. And here's somebody who remembered. So, Carl had gone into an area he hadn't been to before, and he said it was back to the north at the edge of the forest, and this is Medicine Bow National Forest in Wyoming. He said he saw five elk not moving. Carl went to shoot an elk. His gun went off, but the bullet came out the end of the barrel and seemed to hit some invisible force field, and it just dropped to the ground. Carl turns and sees a craft that's a cube shape. It's like a transparent piece of glass that looked empty so you could see through it. And he said it was approximately seven feet by five feet. He says that this guy showed up asking him if he was hungry. And Carl says, yeah. So the guy throws him a package of pills. Well, he doesn't, he, it floated. It like floated it. He floated it to him is what he said. He floated it to me. And then, then, of course, they have, like, an animation to yeah. accompany just so you can get a visual. But it's like, wh- what? Like, d- does he literally mean, like, it floated like the animation was showing? But that's the word he used. He floated yeah. it to me. Um, and, and so he says he took one. I'd be kind of hesitant to be, like, because, uh, like, apparently, because I, ha- I had looked up. There wasn't, I think there was just editing. And if you actually look up the story of Carl, there's more information. But Carl takes the pill, which I probably wouldn't have. I'd be like, fuck, no, I'm not taking this. Um, But Carl takes the pill. And then he says that um, the next thing he knows, he's in the cube. And 
the cube, it looks, it's like a TARDIS. It looks small from the outside. You go in the inside and it's bigger. And the elk were inside as well. Quick, quick sidebar. Yeah. Do you think that the, the, the whole reason behind the say no to drugs campaign of the eighties was to raise a generation of kids that would say no to pills that were floated to them? By extraterrestrials? Extraterrestrials. It, anything is possible. <laughs> All right. Just say no. So the extraterrestrial says his name is also, and he comes down every so often to get elk, deer, and fish to take back. Also wore a black suit because, as he told Carl, the sun burns them. Carl described also as having straw-like hair, one hand missing, and a cone for the other hand. He said that they had lifted off in this cube and Carl could look down and see the ball that he assumed was earth and that he was taken to another planet. And while they were there, he overhears another extraterrestrial saying, we don't need him. And also is like, yeah, we don't need you. So Carl's like, uh, are you going to bring me back? The, home? The, the best part about this too. Yeah. And I, I mentioned it to you already. Also the drawing that they show, he yeah. looks like butthead. He does look like, like butthead. From Beavis <laughs> and butthead. He looks yeah. like butthead. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Carl was dropped off. And again, the way the term dropped off makes it sound like they just plopped him down. Yeah, like just yeah. whew, free fall. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> not, no, I know that would suck. Oh man. Not noted in the documentary, but on my research and other articles, Carl's car was actually found in a ditch that was far from where he had parked it. And upon investigation, there was no way determined as to how the car could have actually got there without leaving tracks, um, which actually gave credibility to Carl's story. Because when he came out back in the 70s saying, I was abducted, this is what happened. A lot of people, like, as they say, I don't know if they say it anymore, but threw shade at him. Like, he got a lot of hate for that. And the fact that where his vehicle was located and they had no way of knowing how the car could have yeah, possibly no, nobody, been there. Yeah, they could not figure out how his truck was got out there because there was no tracks at all. Yeah. It was just, again, dropped there. Exactly. Like. It's so, almost like they were like, we'll just beam you down here. Yeah. And yeah. isn't it a little, um, I guess you could say rude, of the extraterrestrials to not put the people back where you got I mean, them at least from. Get, at least drop them off at a road. Right? Come on. Right? And don't move their vehicle. But um, another interesting thing about Carl's story, uh, story is that after he was abducted, x-rays show that his lungs were clear. He used to have t- scars from tuberculosis in his lungs. Those scar, The scarring was gone. Also not noticed, noted here in the documentary, um, but in another article, was that Carl had kidney stones and all of the kidney stones were gone. Now, Carl speculates. So yeah. it, the reason why he got examined is because he was telling everybody he got abducted by, like, he was, he was saying, they took my elk, they took my yeah. elk. And he was, like, kind of in a trance for a little while, mm-hmm. right, because of the trauma of what he just... Went through, and so that's why he went and he got a full examination at the hospital. Every, they said he yeah, they took him to the ER. Couldn't have been healthier. I want to point out the which ER, which is insane. Yeah, the the ER they show like the slip, and it's basically like an invoice. <laughs> yeah, they showed an invoice. Yeah, from well, I mean, it, this was nineteen seventy four, but yeah, they got to make their money. You know, yeah. it was like three hundred dollars for this, four hundred, and I'm like, wow, that's for, a lot of money for back then. I know. Can you imagine? 
So Carl thinks that it's because he had a vasectomy as to why he wasn't needed. And the bullet that Carl shot that hit that force field, Carl, he took that. He picked it up. He had it, and it was analyzed. And it did show that it it had hit something very hard. And basically, in one of the articles I was reading is that the type of force it would have to, at the distance, the speed it came out, it would have had to hit something harder than any rock or tree that you would find in the forest in that spot. It was something harder than that to cause that type of damage. Yeah, it was pretty crazy that he had that kind of physical evidence and also just the the location of his truck and everything like that backing, lending credibility that something happened to him. Yeah. Carl actually did hypnosis with Dr. Leo Sprinkle. And as Dr. Sprinkle, he had said that he found Carl to be telling the truth or at least believed he was telling the truth. And again, just adding on to his name. So what's not mentioned that I found in the article is that the extraterrestrial was named Osso One, A-U-S-S-O, and then One, O-N-E. And I don't know why this popped in my head, but I just wanted to do simple like gematria and like numerology. That name breaks down to 109, which breaks down to one. Higdon also claimed to be taken 163,000 light miles from Earth. 163, add it together, break it down to the single number is one. And I just thought that was interesting because I was like, also one, like the guy, the name is one. And I was like, hmm, I'm curious. I'm not speculating it means anything. I'm just sharing what popped up in my mind. And so... After, we, after Politis talks about Carl, he moves on to Mark Stripmater, who was 44 when he went missing on October 19th, 2019. And he, Mark had gone out to hunt elk at the Medicine Bow National Forest in Wyoming. Mark was last seen at 5.45 a.m. that morning in a store in Saratoga, Wyoming. And again, that wasn't in the documentary. That was from my own research. Because again, I felt like there were bits of information. Like he never said how old Mark was. And that's one of the things like I feel like was missing out some of these stories. Yeah. A lot, of, inf- usually a lot of details he, were missing. And I'm like, what? Why are- us- Politis is usually really good saying yeah. the age of everybody, the date and the location. And I felt like, so again, I had to do my own research. Like when they were talking about Ray, they never said how old he was. I had to look that up and find that out on my own. So Mark had left his truck on the side of the road. It was Forest Road Route 108. He left his keys in the truck, took a light day pack and his firearm. His binoculars and some other items were found 600 yards from his truck. In the days after he went missing, the weather became unseasonably cold with temps dropping below zero degrees with rain followed by heavy snow. And I had mentioned whenever you have rain followed by snow, that makes it really hard for dogs to pick up the scent. Search and rescue searched for him for seven days. They went back in the spring with canines, but never had a scent hit. They sent hit. They also flew drones in the canyons um, and had air support. So they really looked for this guy. 
And again, Politis never really mentioned the weather specifically. Mark's girlfriend, who Politis interviewed, said like when she went looking for him, there was snow, and she had to get the snow off. The yeah, truck. she said there had to been about a foot to fifteen inches of snow. Yeah, Mark's girlfriend said that Mark had claimed to previously see a UFO in the area when he was hunting, and he said that it looked like a black hovering thing, and it seemed like it was following him before it had disappeared. Yeah, very. Very strange story there. And basically, it was like Mark was never found. I'm doing my own research on this, trying to get more information because I felt it was really lacking in this documentary. And I come across an article from fieldandstream.com. It claims that Mark's remains were found on October 16th, 2022, three days shy of three years to the day he went missing. If you take numerology, it, it's just interesting. It's like the numerology of the date he was found comes to 33. And he was found three days before the three-year anniversary. Again, numbers, what does it mean? I don't know, but I just find it interesting. According to the Carbon County Sheriff's Report, hunters had found Mark's firearm. They alert, alerted the authorities who, after sur- searching, found personal belongings and partial remains. A second search on October 20th uncovered uncovered additional belongings and remains confirmation of the remains being strip matter were confirmed on october 26th of 2022 the remains were found in a densely wooded area approximately 325 yards from a prior search area as of november 2022 Both the Carbon County Sheriff's Office and the Carbon County Coroner's Office had no evidence suggesting that there was any foul play indicated. It's believed he got lost or injured and then caught in the bad weather. And it's just like, it's really sad. It's like, I'm happy they found his remains. Mm. So at least there's closure. Right. Um, And it's just so sad because these are people who have gone missing. And every time we've talked about missing 411, we want to find out. It's like there's that urge to try to find out what happened, maybe to find out to give peace to the families of the missing, but also to try to prevent it from happening in the future. And we've said this before, like every time we do an episode on Missing 411, it's like every time you get a theory or an idea and you're like, okay, I think I've got it, like other information comes out. Exactly. And it's, it, it, I literally feel like we're always grasping at straws, trying to figure it out. And I feel, and this is my personal perspective, but I feel almost like the way Politis did this film was as if he was trying to say, this is the real, this is the real reason. And he's like, he's never come out and said, this is my theory. This is what I think. He just lays the fact out. And we really respected him for that. And it seems like in here, in this movie, it's almost like without actually saying it, he gives me the feeling he's trying to say, this is what I believe it is. And again, th- this so... Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Is it? Is it? I, I I question the motives of the movie. I I really do. I question the motives of it because, is it uh, disinformation? Uh, is it? Was it made to try to lead people to think a certain thing, to feel a certain way mm-hmm. about a certain thing? Is that what this is? Is it? Politis cashing in 
because UFOs are all the rage in the media and everything as they're ramping up, getting us ready for the alien invasion that's going to be fake? Yeah. Is it that? Like, what? what is it? That went through my mind. Like, is this the, like, <laughs> what we're is getting this? you ready to think, like, oh, the aliens are coming? The aliens are coming, and they've been here all along, and they've been doing this. Because, and-, and because Politis goes on to talk about Higdon and Stripminer, that they were around the same age at the time they went missing. They were both hunting elk. They're of German descent, and their abduction took place around the same type of ye- around the same time of year. So what is and it about? And other hunters fitting that profile did go missing, except for one he talked about who was, like, 80. Yeah. When he went missing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's very, yeah. Some of the factors that, that he lays out there, it's weird that they're not like, like the German descent. He brings that up at the end of the movie. It's like, why wasn't this mentioned before this, before the end of the movie? Like he he brings up just very, uh, yeah. Shoddy compared to what he usually does. Yeah. And he goes from Carl who says he had a vasectomy, which is why they didn't need him. And again, basically they're implying what Carl believes is if he didn't have a vasectomy, he would have never come back. Right. And then he asks, um, Mark strict. I have a hard time St- with it. St- Strittmater's girlfriend. girlfriend. Did he have a, did vasectomy? He have a vasectomy? She said no. no. So almost like trying to say it's because he didn't, because that's he didn't have a vasectomy. That's why he's gone. And it's like, okay. But then of course, well, they found his remains. They find his remains. But, 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 in Politis's defense, he yes. didn't know that at the time of making I the know. movie because it hadn't and happened yet. One could argue, well, th- if they test them, they could be bringing them back after and just dropping the remains. Like yeah. one of the things that popped in my mind when we were watching this is like the dropping, right? The dropping, yes. the way they make it sound like the craft dropped the elk from a height or like some kind of distance. The way Carl was dropped off. And I started thinking about the missing 411 cases where people were found in trees. Yeah. yeah and I started right. thinking, because I'm, I'm watching this the first time and that's what popped in my head thinking, are people in trees because they're literally being dropped off? I don't know. It's a thought that went in my head. Now, the last thing I want to mention about this is, Alex, you and I had watched the Level With Me documentary. Yes. And this documentary, it discusses, and who does that? I forget the guy's name right now. I need to, I forgot uh, to write it down. Sean Hibbler, I believe. H- yeah, Hibbler. Hibbler, yeah. Hibbler Productions. They went on, in this documentary, he's talking about like flat earth and what's beyond the earth. There's more out there. He discusses the astronauts who allegedly died in the Challenger shuttle explosion. Now, I heard about this a while ago where people had found these astronauts who allegedly died. And some of, most of them have the same names or they're conveniently the person's twin. And this guy went out and found these people like face to face, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, badass. Yeah. And so, I don't know, the reaction of those people too, I just want to say, they're all like kind of like, nope, nope, don't talk to me. If I looked just like somebody who died in a space shuttle explosion and I was the same age and I had the same name, like I would find that pretty interesting. And I'd be like, holy shit, that's crazy. Like, wow, yeah, I'll be on your documentary. Like, I'm not the person. But it just seems suspicious when people are like, oh, no, leave me alone. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Not That's what's not suspicious about it. It's the fact that they look exactly like the person, obviously aged. Yeah. They, they hold 
very similar jobs and backgrounds as what the astronauts, quote unquote, astronauts yeah. did. Like there's so many similarities. And it's like, like you said, conveniently a twin. How many twins were on this challenge mission? Best like everyone had a twin? Like, one come of, on. One of the astronauts. Give me a break. The, the uncle after the explosion has like a family picture. There's no twin brother There's in no the family picture. There's no twin brother picture. in the family photo. Like, exactly. Come on. Yeah. So the point I'm trying to get to this with this documentary, though, is how they're talking about the ice wall, the firmament. You're talking about level with me. Level now. with me, okay. yes. Um, how there's more land around us, not above us, not in outer space. So extraterrestrial would, to me, be the appropriate term. But would these extraterrestrials be coming here to abduct people and test on them? Would they be coming here to take our elk, our deer, our fish for food? I don't know. It was just, I found it really interesting. Like we watched that documentary and then we watched this one. And I wasn't even thinking about, oh, extraterrestrials, outer space versus upper space. And then this with UFOs, extraterrestrials taking people. The term has always been extraterrestrial. Mm -hmm. And when you break down the term, it just means extra terrain, not terrain. from this terrain. Exactly. So it, it, that's why I, I'm of the belief, and, and now it's more of a feeling that... The mindset. The mindset, whatever you want to call it. But what makes sense to me, and it really should to anybody if you actually break it down and think about it, because it's just logic... They've been telling us all along, extraterrestrial. Yeah. We, uh, every time they talk about the, the land, it's a plane. What's a plane? It's a flat surface. And yeah, I just feel like the way the maps change, 7,000 islands discovered off, off the coast of Japan. Like, wait, what? 7,000 islands? You told me about that. I'm, I'm like, huh? I'm like, yeah, this is a news Not article. Seven. This is a mainstream Not news 70. piece. Not 7,000 7, new islands discovered. Like, what? Are they like rocks that like, just yeah, appeared? Like, like, huh? Define islands. So I think that uh, actually this Hibbler who made this Level With Me documentary thinks that we're within the next 10 years, we're going to find out that there's we're going to find a new continent and we're going to find all these new things and all this stuff and that they're slowly going to drip this stuff out. And I don't know if that's going to happen. But I feel like we have been told all along, it's not aliens from above your head coming yeah. from different galaxies mm -hmm. and, you know, fake outer space that was created by Walt Disney. That's not what it is. No. It's coming from David Weiss on. Yes, David Weiss. We, we did a whole episode on Flat yeah. Earth. Go back and listen to it. Uh, and, and come draw your own conclusions. Please. But just think. That's all we ask people is just to think. Like, they've been telling us all along. They've never called... A, and what is an alien? An alien is not... It's foreign. It's foreign. That's that's what an alien is. So they've been telling us all along. They know. They know what these things are, what these beings are, what these creatures are. They're not from here, meaning they're not from the United States, from Canada, from Japan, Russia. They're not from the continents that we are familiar with because we're educated to just that they're from beyond mm -hmm. and we're just not allowed to go there. And, and what I find is so interesting. That's that kind of struck me with this documentary is how, yeah, they've been telling us all along, so to speak, but it's the way that words are used 
So you can't, so you make it, it, it's misleading in a sense, but then you can't say that you're lying because of the way you used your words. And that was the feeling I got watching this documentary was some of the people speaking. Which documentary? I'm sorry. You're jumping with, back and forth. Yes. You missing 411, that. the UFO connection. The way some of the people who were interviewed, like Fairfax, MUFON people, FBI, D'Souza, <laughs> the way that they speak is in a way, yes, I'm sure they're using the right words, but it's very misleading. And I feel like that's what happens to us. We're lied to, and it's so cleverly done by being open and truthful, but in a misleading way, so people misconstrue what has been said. So they take their own conclusion from it, and then they let them run with it without correcting them which is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant, but it's also wrong. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So closing thoughts, Alex. Again, I just, I feel like this was, uh, I was very let down by it because uh, I was excited for this one when I saw trailers for it and everything when it first came out and I was excited to be able to watch it because I've been looking forward to it for so long and I was just like, what is this? What am I watching? Like I I was very let down by it. This is the first time I've ever watched a David Politis film. It's only the third one, but even with his books where I ever felt confused, where I ever felt like there was a lack of information. Yeah. And again, was there a lack of information because that information wasn't available? No, no. I found it because yeah, you found it with a couple of quick searches. Yeah. It's not that. So why was information let out? And I feel like it's because it was, it would have, it, this was a film that was made for the sake of entertainment or swaying an opinion one way. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. It did not feel like a, uh, like his other films did or like his books do where he's providing information and letting you draw your own conclusion because really that's what we should all be doing. Absolutely. Do your own research. Doing We've been your saying own this research since and drawing the beginning. Your own conclusion. This one felt like it was saying, "No, this is what it is. Here I'm, you go." I'm not coming out We're saying not, this is I'm what it is. Saying but this it, is but what it is. This is what it is. Yeah, that's and, what it felt like. And everyone I'm going to interview is going to tell you this is what it is without telling you this is what it is. Yeah. And that, that it was very just kind of uh, blatantly in your face, and I, I, was, I was just disappointed by it. Uh, and again, you were talking about the 33s and everything. Mm-hmm. He laid out, we talked about the bullets laying out the triangles. And I mentioned to you, to, to, to me, the conspiracy theorist to me comes out. He did two triangles. So two so threes again. One had four. Yeah, because then he did the fort, the military base. So he did another. So Alex had brought up, he did the map twice with the bullets. Yeah. You had the Idaho Triangle, which is three bullets he used. And then he did another with three, one, two, three. But then he put a fourth down. We were talking about the aquifer and the well before he brought that up. And we again, we didn't go over every single case he talked about, just the big main ones. Um, he put four down. So that's why I didn't necessarily was mention it, it. Was it four like a diamond? No, it was a triangle. And then from the tip of the triangle where that bullet was, oh, okay, okay. almost like directly across the way on the map, then the fourth one there. Like a, like like a low, like, a, like, like a, straight across, like you have okay. one, two, three. It, nobody can see what I'm doing, but then like where <laughs> that one is across. Okay. Interesting. I, I thought they were two 
triangles. Okay, so I apologize. Never mind. Forget that point I was going to well, make. Well, that's why I didn't bring it up. Okay. That's okay. Thank, thanks hey, for telling transparency, me. Transparency, <laughs> honesty. Thanks well, I took it out of my notes. Damn I it. forgot. It's been a long week. <laughs> it's all good. So, yeah, th- no, that's my thoughts on it. I, I don't know. Um, I was I was just let down. Very let down. And, uh, yeah, I say check out Level with Level Me. Level, well, with, level me. with Me, excuse me. The, uh, level Me. Level that me. sounds like a whole other kind yeah, of hold movie. Hold on a minute. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I say check that out. That was uh, good. And any of the Hibbler productions. Yes. And, and he's got a podcast and everything, too. He's somebody I'd love to talk to. Uh, but yeah, I'd say check that out over this, over the missing 411, the UFO connection, because it's, to me, it's just propaganda. That's what it felt like. It felt like propaganda. That's how it came off to us. And again, we're people where we're not just going to take someone's word for it. We're going to look it up ourselves. We're going to find information. And honestly, like, and we've done this with previous episodes where there's a missing 411 case and it's like, oh, this was somewhat not like somewhat recent and we've looked up and there was one with a woman who went missing. It was kind of strange. And we found out that, Oh, there was like all these other things that came up about it. That doesn't really make it necessarily missing 411, but a serial killer case. And I think sometimes, and I'm not saying this is what is going on with politis, but I think sometimes when you're so deep in it and you're seeing all the threads that connect, sometimes you miss other things or it's just when he did it at the time, that information hadn't been released yet. And he was going based off of what he knew. But we have the advantage of going over it a year or many years after it's come out to say, hey, let's look stuff up. What's happened since then? And that happened with the Mark Strip Matter case where they did find him. And it, it's, you know, what's so weird is like, it's sad, but I keep like reminding myself, no, it's a good thing that they found him because at least the family gets some kind of closure. Yeah. Yeah. You tell his, the, the girlfriend that was interviewed, obviously <sighs> very distraught and she had a, a granddaughter, granddaughter who, who was very close. Yeah, with, it, uh, it's so freaking heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, it's like, of course, me who wants everything like puppies and rainbows and knee socks and lollipops. Like nobody goes missing and everyone's happy. But I know that's not the world. And all we can really do at the end of the day is look out for each other and, you know, try to find ways to look out for each other. We look at this as trying to figure out missing 411. If it is X, Y, or Z that's causing this, like how do we not only protect ourselves, but, you know, keep others safe? So do you Spread think, the word. do you think that it is, uh, like going back on previous like conspiracy theories and stuff, do you think that there is some type of agreement between our governments here and whatever their government is there, like their power structure? Do you think that there's some type of agreement that we have with them where they can just come over here and do whatever? Because it happens so often. We've been hearing stories of the, of abductions and mm-hmm. cattle mutilations and things like that. And the fact that I think a lot of that is either our own government or privatized corporations. But I mean, the fact that the government has all these files on the missing people, like mm-hmm. the park service and nothing's ever done yeah. about it. Do you think that there's some type of a agreement perhaps? I honestly like what pops in my mind with something like this, if there are extraterrestrials from this planet that the government's aware of, I feel like we're like the kids that eat glue in the classroom compared to the other ones. And 
I, I kind of think like we're in no position to ultimately be making threats or anything. I feel like they have more advanced technology and it's almost like a, we're going to give you the little that we give you and you'll love it. And, you know, like I think our government's had these advanced technology things for a while. They don't jump on it. But, and I question, just like we have different countries that we're aware of, it's like, are there some beings out there who aren't as loving and kind or maybe aren't as empathetic and warm and I question are they the ones doing these experiments for science because they don't have that humanity factor as we put it that warmth and empathy to them and that's why they do it or is it more so of it's not really even them like they're looking out for us I don't know I'm just sharing the thoughts that go off in my mind I I really don't know I can't give an answer to that do you think we're a prison planet that we're we're kept here and the ice wall that's around us and everything that keeps us in that they call Antarctica and the North Pole and everything? Mm-hmm. Do you think that we are kept here for a reason because maybe like uh, we're the Australia like, like where the like Australia <laughs> is actually like the whole like what they say is our planet? Do you think that that's the case that we're encapsulated in here and then there's all this land around us and all these other civilizations around us and they, they put us here and they, they have what our ecosystem and everything, you know, the insects, the, the vermin, all, you know, all these animals and things that are there and we're just, we're kept here and we have dominion over this plane because we can't play well with others. And that's why we're play well in the sandbox. Um, I mean, look at as you're look at what we that, look at what we do to each other. I know, and as you say that, I'm thinking, well, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Maybe, I don't but, know, but maybe it is. <laughs> maybe we That's really are. That's a very are optimistic a, way of looking at it. Like on the other side, there's more to it. I don't know. I really like maybe that's why we're kept so in the dark about everything. Because if we were told. Yeah, you guys are the fucking outcasts. You guys are the... the, What else is new? You guys are, you know, whatever. Like, maybe, like, any hope that we have is gone because we realize, oh, we're the fucking... We're the shit of the... the, We're the scum on the bottom of the shoe of this realm. Like, we're the... Yeah. Like, Um, so, yeah, here, you guys go here and and kill each other and manipulate each other and lie to each other and all that stuff. Yeah, like... Shit gets bad here, but there's still a lot of good. There's still a lot of amazing people. And I look at it like, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, yeah, it gets bad at times and people get bad. But I'm a happy person. I found an amazing person who I love. We've, we have three beautiful children. You know, I have awesome parents. We have animals. Like, I feel like we're living a good life. And I feel like if this is prison... I'm not going to complain. And maybe that's the optimist in me. No, oh, it's a great way to look at it because otherwise if you considered the alternative. I'm not going to feel gypped by you, it. You'd be, you'd be miserable. Yeah. Right? So I, I don't know. I just wonder about that because I think about it and I say, you, know, you just see just what the picture that's painted for us now by our overlords or whatever you want to call them. The media, politicians, all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, all the shot callers. Black Rock and Vanguard. Yeah, but that, like, it, 
that's that's kind of my feeling. Like, geez, they, like it wouldn't shock me if we were the, the outcasts. Like, you know, and why we're 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 so treated so disrespectfully by because we're viewed as just crap. You know, and, like, and something that popped to my head as you're saying almost. that is, I thought, but not everyone is bad, and why would they allow? really good true kind people to be here with them right like why wouldn't they so to speak save the good people and it goes back to what feels like soul work and soul purpose well there I are think people that- here like that is our job to be here and help people help bring out the good help people heal well i think that 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 maybe is why maybe maybe we started that way right with Adam and Eve or whatever. Maybe there's something to those stories and maybe we were, we started and descended from those two. We just kept fucking up people. (laughs) And yeah. And then, and just, you know, the whole, the story of the apple, the forbidden fruit, maybe all that kind of stuff is because we broke the rules. We don't know how to follow directions. We broke the rules over there and they went, you fucking assholes. We told you not to do this for this reason. So fuck you. Get out of here. Go. You're banished. Exiled. We, so maybe there we were part of Eden or heaven or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Maybe we were part of all of that. And they went, no, you fuckers suck. Go here. And you can have four seasons and fucking cold and this and that. And you can live in. we'll drop you in different areas and go fuck yourselves. You maybe. guys are assholes. But the point <laughs> is. There are still such great, really good, honest, kind people. Of course, because you, yeah, because you can't, you know, obviously. And you think, well, why wouldn't they, you know, if they're observing us, why wouldn't they say, hey, you don't belong here. But I really, like I said, I think. Maybe that does happen. Well, I'm still here. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But I, you know, I think maybe it is because they haven't given up hope completely and it's like, you know what? You guys got some work to do and it's going to take some time. And they're watching out to make sure we don't like blow ourselves up into oblivion. But I, I, I don't know. I don't look at it like it's such an, like as a negative thing. I don't feel any fear from it. It's just one of those, whatever it is, it is what it is. And again, I'm not going to complain because I'm happy in life. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. All right. It just popped in my head. I figured I'd ask you. Yeah, I it's might make great. For, I love thought that. thought it might make for an interesting conversation. Yeah, how about you? Do I think we're a prison planet? Yeah. It's funny because there, that's been a theory that's been out there forever. And I, th- I, th- I thought about it and I'm like, you know, it wouldn't shock me. For all the stuff that I've already said, it just wouldn't surprise me if that was the case. And you said, but not all of us are bad. Yeah, of course not. Because when a, a, a being, a person, an animal, whatever, anytime something new is, is introduced into the world, the consciousness, it has to learn. The, the body, the mind, the brain has to learn, and it learns by observing. So, mm-hmm. of course, that's why I think hum- humanity and humans have the dominion over this realm, because we are the, the most intelligent. So, yeah, of course you're going to have those that, that's maybe stray and become good and are actually uh, for life and for kindness and decency and those type of things. 
I feel like that's but most people. I feel like the so majority. Programmed. I feel the majority of people are inherently good as well. Mm-hmm. I absolutely feel that. Uh, but you, like you said, we're programmed. But I think that maybe that's how we started over here, though. Mm. Is we just read human nature because I mean, how, even now, as positive as you try to be, your mind always goes to the most negative thing. Maybe that's a flaw that is seen by those other beings that maybe that's a flaw. The fact that we're so negative a lot, we're inherently negative. And the fact that we possess the capability to cause harm to one yeah. another, maybe that's something that is just not okay. I, I mean, just, just thinking, uh, you know, outside the box a little yeah. bit. It's an interesting concept to think about it. And I'm not saying it's true or it's not in my mind. I don't know. I I don't know, but I'm just so fascinated by it. I'm curious. Yeah. Like I want to find the book. And I, again, I heard this, uh, the Hibbler talking about it. The, there was a book that was published in the, uh, there's a book that's out there. It's available. I don't know the title. He didn't name the the book, but what he said it was about was about uh, a group of, of people that got together in the late 1800s because life was getting bad. Uh, Governments were getting very tyrannical and shit was starting to get out of control. And they all just gathered their resources. They got on a bunch of boats and they just said, fuck this, we're out of here. And they sailed uh, south to what would be Antarctica. And they came across the big gate. It was a big ice gate. And through the gate, they could see more land and they could see things out on the other side. And they they came back because they weren't let in. They came back and talked about it. And the, there was a report published in a magazine in the uh, one time in 1905. They published the story in a magazine, this detailed account from these people and explaining what they saw and everything. And then it was never mentioned again. And somebody found it and put it in a book. But I can't for the life of me figure out what the book is or anything like that. If you know, let us know. <sighs> yeah, but I thought I thought that was very interesting. So that would be another thing. Like, is that what happens with a lot of these people that are in positions of power? For example, uh, maybe prominent politicians who quote-unquote, die under mysterious circumstances or go missing or or anything like that, or a lot, Michael Jackson, people like that, who have money, who have influence, who know things because they can know things. They're allowed to know these things. Or because people like them and tell them these things. Right, and then they use their influence to get to these places, and the way that they explain them not being here anymore is, oh, they died. But or, oh, if they, this was a prison planet, like if people, if we're not allowed there, then those people, I would think, certainly wouldn't be allowed over there. One can but, argue. But again, they would be considered the elite of us. But they're really not, though. Right. But you if, don't think they know but that? Think about it. Well, think about it. If your contact, now let's get crazy. 
if you are, say, also one yep. from wherever, and your people, the contact that they have for the other side from this side mm-hmm. is George Soros. There's a name you hear all the time. That's your contact. Is George Soros going to say, Monique, you are a good person. You deserve to be a... No, of course not. Nepotism. But you would think they would know this shit. And, and that's, again, 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 I think maybe, all they have is the information coming from George Soros or Joe who, Smith who or whoever com- that is. And, and that's why I think the real people in charge, you will never know who they are. Exactly. And and that's the thing. It's like, are they putting these horrible people in charge? These horrible people making these horrible decisions they for don't, us? But again, but they are don't they know. Choosing them for a reason, right? That's that's. Is this our penance, our punishment that yeah. we have to endure, or is it to like push us to learn? Like, or is it a test? You know, I don't know. There's so many possibilities because, of what it could all be. Yeah, because think about like all these secret societies and things, and. They say, oh, knowing is within and all this stuff that they teach and all. Is it because they know what's really going on and they know that, yeah, you are a prisoner here and that's why you can't escape. You can't go anywhere. You can't go up and escape the universe. You, you're you here. You're stuck. You can't go down. You're stuck here. So you have to look within to find peace, to find tranquility, to find happiness or whatever you know like that's what a lot of those secret societies teach and preach and is that like why because they know what's going on they know i mean some obviously they know somebody knows but is that why we're kept in the dark because we're not allowed to go there and we're you know and we're all gonna be like well why not if we all knew all of a sudden you don't think there'd be Oh, yeah, Millions people. of people, they wouldn't be marching for gay pride or no. trans issues or Black Lives Matter. They'd be marching to the fucking North Pole or the South Pole little or wherever. Pig, little pig, let me They'd in. They'd be saying, well, there's more land. There's more Eden, opportunity. There's free energy, opportunity. Yeah. I can escape this tyranny. Fuck yeah. They'd be, we'd be out of here. Yeah. Now, you kidding me? You just said free energy. And I, I want to put this out there for people because I'm curious we were having a conversation. We saw windmills and we're like, yeah, and what if there's no wind? And I brought up like quartz is piezoelectric. There's so much quartz in the ground pretty much everywhere in the U.S. Why are we not utilizing quartz to create electricity? And I don't, I, I, I'm trying to figure out the scientific aspects of it, but if anyone is smarter than me in this aspect, can you like, can you enlighten me with like how that would work like on a large scale like to produce electricities for our at least for our homes right like or is it not enough I don't know so I'm just I want to throw that out there if anyone knows will you enlighten me because I'm trying to figure this shit out that was so random I know it just popped I, I, hey but I'm okay. a random person and but all right yeah transparent honest I, I admit when I don't know stuff. All right. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't, th- I, I obviously don't believe any of the stuff that I've been told my entire life. Uh, I'm really pissed off about the Challenger. 
because of the trauma that caused me and so many others. And, and you know what? It just popped in my head when you said the trauma because I mentioned last week how I was on Karen Rontowski, Paranormal Karen, her podcast. And we, uh, it's coming out in August where I talk about like mass hypnosis. And I bring up trauma because I, I talk about how when you're in a state of shock, or a state of severe trauma, you are more easily suggestible. You are in a state where it's you're you're basically in like a hypnotic state where somebody says something and you can believe it. So if you have a victim who's been in a car accident and they're in shock and they're bleeding, you can say, you know what, it's okay. You know, it's, the bleeding's slowing down. Oh, it's it's not even bleed. You're not even bleeding anymore, and the mind can take that. And stop bleeding because it believes that it's so easy to take that suggestion and make it real. And when you think about the trauma from the challenger, they made sure all the classrooms were watching. They made sure everyone had it on their TV and they were watching. And what happened? A nation was traumatized. And what do you do when people are in trauma? You start to brainwash, manipulate, program. So it's just very interesting how yeah. you mentioned the trauma. Yeah. Well, it was trauma. Yeah. And I told you this. My uh, fifth grade teacher uh, was, he wasn't my teacher, sorry, but he was like uh, the fifth grade teacher, one of the fifth grade teachers, we had three, uh, that uh, in our school was he was like the second place runner up to go on the challenger behind Kristen McAuliffe and like whatever now, now I'm calling it a casting competition because, mm. and, and even thinking back on it, I, I told you like, even if he won, it would have made no sense because he was overweight. He was an older guy. He wasn't like a young guy or anything. And so obviously as and a he kid, was the runner up, he was the runner up. So in whatever competition they had for this teacher like in space for, Yeah, thing, teacher, yeah. The teacher in space. Which thing. what makes a teacher qualified to go in space if Exa these astronauts have to like go into the Air Force? Supposedly all allegedly. this alleged training that they do. And Again, it's like, it's like we're showing you it's all bullshit it's, without, a, without yeah, actually saying but, it's bullshit. But as a kid, I don't know that. Yeah, of course. But I'm looking back on it now as a 45-year-old man going, wait a minute, when I was a kid, now I'm thinking back going, you know, this guy... The, the I'm not going to say his name, but this teacher, he was, he was overweight. Like he was an overweight guy and he was older. So how would he have, and, and then I'm thinking, well, maybe that's why he didn't win. But then I'm like, no, it's because he doesn't fit what they're looking for. It, it's a look that they were looking for. This Krista McAuliffe had a certain pretty. look. She was pretty uh, young. It's like, come on. It was a casting looking, call. Yeah, yeah. It was a casting call that she had. It, that's, it's like, you blow up this thing with a teacher in space and the teacher's like the all American, real pretty, yeah. sweet, young, attractive, you know, like. And the best part is, didn't Hibbler bring up that she only went to that. She like started at that school. How many months prior? She was a new teacher. She was, a yeah, new she was teacher. like a new teacher. So it's like, think about it. it, it back, this is back in 86 in the 80s. They they didn't foresee the internet becoming what it was going to become yeah. and you know everyone having internet on their phone and being able to do all this stuff and take videos and pictures and all that they didn't they didn't foresee that i don't think to the to the level that it's become and so how easy is it to fake okay yeah we'll put you in you know into the school you'll be a teacher for three four months and then 
you'll win the contest and then you'll be on the, you know, how, how hard is it for the CIA or whatever agencies involved in this to, to set these things up? It's not hard at all back then and I think that because were, nobody knew anything. It was and, easy and to drop that, someone in somewhere. Yeah. And I think that the teach, the, there were teachers who applied for it. And yeah. they really did have a contest. They they made of that course. teacher at your school the runner up, but there was no real chance of them ever getting it because they already right. have they already have the their, person their in person mind who they've they already, already they've already have their cast. Yes. Yeah, they have their cast for their yeah. for their production because that's all it was was a production. Yeah. And that was the other thing in that level with me uh, documentary. They showed clips from CNN. These were broadcast live of. Krista McAuliffe's parents in the audience in Cape Canaveral watching the... the as the shuttle blew as up. As the shuttle blew up. Laughing and joking. They're laughing and joking as the shuttle blows up. But they're laughing and joking because they obviously know she's fine because she's not on there. They're, they're there. They're like, oh, we're and, making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and it's like... And, and you'd go, well, why are they laughing on camera? Probably because they didn't know they were on being on camera. Yeah. They probably didn't know they were being filmed at that moment. They're looking up at the sky. They don't realize that cameras now turned from the sky to them, you know? So now one can argue, maybe people are misconstruing laughter for crying. But if you watch no, it, there's no they look like they this. were talking to each other, joking, joking around. around. Yeah. This was, this was obviously there's, there's, there's no trauma going on. If, here. if that were real, <laughs> I think like in that I was the parent, my jaw would be on the ground and I'd just be like looking in horror, like what the fuck just happened? Yeah. I'd be like running to be like, what, what happened? I'd be losing my shit. Uh, yeah. I, if that were my child. Not, not sitting there laughing. Or maybe they really didn't like her. And they're like, oh, fucking finally she's out of her hair. Right. Come on. But no, I mean, obviously, obviously the whole thing was a put on. And that that really upset me because, like I said, I was traumatized by that as a kid. I that that did. I That absolutely yeah. bothered me. I, like, I remember crying about that. And she was from New Hampshire yeah. as well. So that's the other thing. Uh, so kind of close to home. I didn't know her, obviously, or anything like that. But but was she still, really from New Hampshire? Well, that's what they said, but it doesn't matter if she was or wasn't. That's what was told to the public. That's what was sold to the public. So, and it's, and it's funny when I say sold to the public, that's, that's how, that's government speak for when they put these stories out. Yeah. We got to sell this to the public. We've sold this to the public. It's like, they'll say like, even nothing doesn't sell. Nothing's fucking honest. Yeah. No. It's a sell. Even media will (laughs) say like, you know, when something happens, well, why aren't you putting this on camera? Cause it doesn't sell. Meaning it doesn't make the money. Yeah, it's 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 just bullshit. Like everybody yeah. fucking lies. So that's another reason why I wonder: Are we in a realm of lies, a realm of dishonesty? Is that why we've been banished here? Because we're just inherently so dishonest. I don't uh, know. Could be, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Questions that I'm pondering now, and that I want you to ponder as well. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. So, uh, on that note. Do you have any final thoughts about anything that we talked? We went, we went kind of everywhere here, especially this last we like forty five minutes. This last we, forty five minutes, we went off the rails. Eh, what else is new? But um, I feel whatever. like I said everything. I, I I went over my thoughts. I'm not gonna you know beat a dead horse. But how about you? Anything else? No, I, any. I, I'll just get crazier, and we'll talk another three hours. So. I want to thank everyone if you stayed this far. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you for listening along with us, and and let us know if. There was anything that we got wrong that, you know, in the missing 411 UFO connection, 
film. Uh, I, like I said, we watched it a couple times. We were re-watching and re-watching it because we kept rewinding it and like playing it over and over to make sure we were properly hearing what it sounded like we were hearing. Uh, let us know, though, if we did get anything wrong, any information wrong, or if you have any any insight as to why maybe something was done the way it was. Or, you know, just share your thoughts. Like, did you watch it and have the same thoughts or concerns like we did? Or did you have a different perspective on it? Like, we want to know. Like, we're open. We want to hear what other people think because we think it's important to have these conversations. Absolutely. And that's the only way you get people thinking. You got to talk to each other. You got to talk to one another and bring up things that aren't normally talked about. Yeah. Because if they're not talked about, the, no one's ever going to know. And we're just going to be sold lies constantly and consistently. And it's never going to, the cycle's never going to end. So we should be talking about these things. Whether people think you're crazy or not, talk about it. Yeah. We're not going to have a conversation. Like, it, it's going to be hard for you to make us think you're crazy. I, I agreed. <laughs> agreed. We're very, we're very open-minded, but healthily skeptical as well. Yes. So, uh, and I, and I think that everybody should be that way. Yeah. But anyway, uh, on that note, until next time, I am the Alex. Former. I'm the, yes. the former uh, Golden this is <laughs> This is Alex, and I've been joined, as always, by my beautiful, lovely, gorgeous, amazing wife, the lovely Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker Podcast. We love hearing from and interacting with our hearers and watchers. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter. At HomewreckerPod. You can also visit our website, homewreckerpodcast.com, where you can check out past episodes and pick up some Homewrecker Podcast gear from our online store. Also, if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you're hearing or watching our show. That way you can be notified whenever a new episode drops. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and you can check out the video versions of our show at YouTube and Brideon. You can also find Monique in a few places online as well. I'm on Twitter. At underscore Monique Giselle underscore. If you're interested in a tarot reading, organite, incense, candles, and other cool things, you can go to my website, tarotbymonique.com. Or if you're interested in hypnotherapy, you can go to innerstandingshypnosis.com to schedule a free 20-minute consult. And follow me on Twitter, at Monique P-C-H-T. And Alex, how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, at TheAlexArion. And you can check out my website, alexarionfitness.com. And if that's too much to remember, we get it. That's why we put it all in our show notes. Thanks for spending your time with us, and we appreciate all of your support. We do. Thank you. We love you. Many people are unaware just how much hypnotherapy can help them or think it's only to help lose weight or quit smoking. But there is so much more hypnotherapy can do. It can help with stress anxiety, insomnia, phobias, performance enhancement, connecting with your spirit guides and higher self. You can even discover past lives and your life between lives. Heal traumas, break habits, find your deepest truth, or just have fun discovering who you really are, all from the comfort of your home. I'm Monique Pliakis. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, and I want to help you. Schedule a free consult by going to www.innerstandingshypnosis.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-S-H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com.
Understanding Hypnosis. Find your power and ignite your inner light.